This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is kind of cool. Ross Tucker with us, which is always great. And he mentioned, I guess, last week having the call for the game in Cincinnati on Saturday, Minnesota and Cincinnati. And he remember Bulldog, he said how uh loves being on the Saturday game because then his friends are all texting him that they're listening. They happen to be in their cars. Right. And Christmas shopping, whatever. Christmas yeah. shopping, right. And that happened to be me on Saturday. So I turned the game on on my way to kids' sports, probably. I'll think of it. And there was Ross. And Ross, I thought you did great. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. It was a fun, awesome game. And you know, it's funny. I think I said this at one point. It made me, like, proud of the NFL. Just in the sense that here you have both teams' backup quarterbacks. For the Vikings, it's their fourth guy starting this year. And yet they both had winning records. They both came into the game in the thick of the playoff race. Stadium was packed. There was a bunch of Vikings fans there, away team fans. You know, it was a great game. Went down to overtime. Pretty well-played game. I don't know. I just – I think that's a real positive if you can have backup quarterbacks and still fill up the stadium and make it an exciting game. You know, I think everybody would have rather it was Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, certainly. But, you know, that's just not the way football is. It's not the way – Football works, guys get hurt, and so I, I thought it was a really good product, neither starting quarterback being available notwithstanding. Yeah. Do you, do you expect the bubble to burst with the Bengals and Browning? Uh, because, you know, Burrow gets hurt, like, okay, we'll forget about them. But, you know, as we sit here today, they're still ahead of the Bills, and everyone can't – I mean, people are falling over themselves to tell you how much they love the Bills right now, but the Bengals are still ahead of them. Do you think that can last? Well, I know. I mean, I think that they're, um, I think they're pretty good, but they've got three more difficult games coming up against teams with winning records. And, you know, I think they've been, they were certainly very fortunate to win that Vikings game. Yeah. I mean, very, very fortunate. Mullins with the two interceptions in the red zone in the first half and, they get stuffed on two quarterback sneaks and overtime and all that. So um, I would imagine that the Bengals lose at least one of these last three and maybe a couple. I don't have it in front of me exactly who those opponents are, but we highlighted a bunch of times during the broadcast that, you know, these last three games are against teams that are also in the thick of the playoff race or whatever. At Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and then Cleveland is uh, the Bengals' 
road. Well, when Bulldog Ross says everybody's falling over themselves complimenting the Bills, you're you're in that you're in that group of people. Um, here, here we go. The Kansas City win, they got, they got it, and then Dallas was just a, a kind of a beatdown here. How surprising! I did, I don't know. I didn't like for in terms of analyzing or predicting this game, Ross. That I sort of felt like Dallas would roll over, just because we've seen it. And I I, I think something like that. Like, well, I got to figure out some other plan here because that's not how you do it. I mean, that's not that's not the that's not handicapping one hundred and one. Just oh well, this team is usually lost. So, but um, it kind of happened. I I don't know. They were sick. The Bills did great. It seems both sides of the ball with. Uh, you know, schemes for this game, and it turned into an easy win. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. So let's talk micro first in terms of this game. And can you imagine if last week, you know, while everybody's driving around and I'm talking to you guys, if I had said, I'm telling you guys right now, Josh Allen's going to throw for less than 100 yards and the Bills are going to win by three touchdowns. <laughs> no way. Like, I would have gotten laughed off the show. Um, I loved the Bills' approach. I mean, you guys know the stats more than I do. I can't remember the last time the Bills ran the ball that well, that convincingly. It was like taking me back to a couple games we had with McGahee and Travis Henry back in the day. Um, And I felt like we had more of those games in the second half of the year a lot of times because – I do think there's something to home games in Buffalo in, like, December. Um, And watching that game, man, I I don't want to take anything away from the Bills because what they did was really impressive. But it also really did not look like the Cowboys wanted to be there. I mean, those guys were sticking the blocks like glue. It was like they they weren't even trying to get off the blocks. It was – bizarre to me and um yeah they don't i mean i don't know about the the sickness thing is laughable there is no sick in the nfl i've been my rookie year was 2001 to my knowledge i've never heard of a guy missing a game because they were sick i can't recall that i mean i can remember playing in buffalo when i was sick as a dog bronchitis or whatever pneumonia i don't know and you just you just play like that's how it works um, it's not an excuse. I don't want to hear the Cowboys are sick. Give me a break. That's laughable. This isn't Pop Warner football. Um, but it was really, really impressive. And that's the other thing, too, is like, it's not like it was even that cold. No, it was like 45 that, That's like as warm of a December, <laughs> right. like warm of a December game in Buffalo as I've ever heard of. And they still didn't look like they wanted to be there. I don't know if they were still riding high from that Sunday night win over the Eagles or what, but... It felt like a really impressive performance by the Bills. It also felt like a no-show by the Cowboys. That said, you know, that's three, in my opinion, really impressive performances in a row by the Bills, right? I mean, I think going into the week I had on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast the Cowboys number two in my power rankings, and the Bills totally smashed them. The week before – I probably had the Chiefs three or four, and the Bills beat them. The week before that, you know, before the Bills bye, I had the Eagles number one in the power rankings, and the Bills really should have won that game, as we talked about. So 
you know, I know what their record is. I know when I do these power rankings what people say, but, you know, power rankings are fluid. How teams perform throughout a season is very fluid. And, like, the Jaguars and the Eagles are good examples of that right now. So today on the Raw Sucker Football Podcast, I had the Bills as the third-best team in the NFL. I had it uh, number one, Niners, obviously. I think they're clearly the best team. Number two, Ravens, and number three, Buffalo Bills, even though they have several more losses than the teams below them. I don't really care. Like, I, I go by what, it, what I think would happen if they played a best of seven in my backyard <laughs> right now. And if the Bills played a bunch of these teams in a best of seven in a neutral site right now, I think they would beat most of them. How important, in your opinion, is – I don't know what word you want for it, belief, swagger, confidence is, is a catch-all. We just talked to our, our beat guy, Sal Capaccio, uh, last segment or segment before last, and, and he said he senses a, a different vibe around the locker room. Um, so, like, I don't know, how, how much is that worth? I mean, maybe the Cowboys were feeling that way coming into this game with the Bills, and look what they did. So, you know, maybe it can be, you know, a glass ceiling there, uh, or glass floor, rather, that you can fall through at any moment. Um, but how much stock do you put in, like, a team, a team's belief in itself currently? Yeah, I think it means a lot. Um, although I will say it's strange, to your point, Bulldog, on how – it can still just flip. You know, that I reference it a lot, but that 04 season, when we started out 0 and 4, and then we went 9 and 2, including winning six in a row, you know, we really thought we were as good as anybody. And if you go back and look at some of the quotes, I mean, even Marvin Lewis and people like that were saying, man, you don't want to play them in the playoffs. They are good. After we beat Cincinnati real bad, and that was kind of, and then, we're even beating the Steelers starters. And then they pull the starters and put the backups in and we lose. So, like, I think – and I don't know. Maybe if they kept their, their starters and we would have won. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's like <laughs> yeah. there was like a subconscious letdown when they took, you know, all their starters out and there was guys in there that, you know, we didn't really know as much about them, right? We hadn't seen a lot of them on film or, you know, we knew it was like – I think it's probably human nature almost a little bit to let your guard down a little bit against guys like that. But at any rate, um, I do think it it means a lot. I tell people all the time, you win like three games in a row in the NFL, you just you get on this you get this feeling of like we are really good, we can beat anybody. And that's kinda what the Bills look like and feel like right now, which is pretty awesome. I just I've been reading up on some of these tiebreakers and stuff. It's just wild that, I mean, obviously I think we all expect them to win these next two. Can you imagine after everything they've done, like the last month, certainly the last couple of games, if they somehow lost to the Chargers, the Patriots? Yes. I can uh, imagine it, yes. <laughs> Being in this chair for 25 years, yes, I yes. can imagine it. <laughs> you put 2004 back in our heads, I can imagine it. I'm starting to, I'm starting to expect it. No, not really. Uh, Ross Tucker on the Western Hotline. San Francisco and Baltimore, the two teams ahead of the Bills in your power rankings, meet sun- or Monday night, Christmas night, in San Francisco. Let's start with the Ravens of these two. I'd like to hear you on the 49ers, too. Um, Bulldog and I do our own reverse AFC power rankings. I'm sure you've heard of them. 
And uh, for the second week in a row, we went Bills 2, Ravens 1. Like, these are the top two teams in the conference, in our opinion as well, with Zach, our producer. And so, what is the gap there? Like, I would tell you, I've seen the Bills, we've seen the Bills win in Baltimore as recently as last season. They beat them in the playoffs here. Are the Ravens so much better than what they've been where they, like, have to be ranked ahead? No. They're ranked ahead because they're 11-3. and I mean, I, I think uh, I think if the Ravens played in Buffalo right now, the Bills would be favored. I think if the Bills played in Baltimore, Baltimore would be favored. I think if they were at a neutral site, it would. My guess would be it's almost a pick 'em, with a slight edge to to Baltimore. You know, they've they've really been ravaged by injury. You know, I mean, Mark Andrews is their most important skill guy other than Lamar Jackson, the tight end. He's done for the year. And then they were really getting a spark from this undrafted rookie running back, Keaton Mitchell. They just lost him in the last game for the year. That's tough. I mean, you know, they still have Lamar Jackson. They have a very good defense, which is playing really well. And so I think that's, you know, that's the positives right now. And, And they got a great chance to have the number one seed, which would be just two home games there in Baltimore. But I feel a lot better about them or a lot stronger about them if they still had Andrews and they still had at least one of those running backs, J.K. Dobbins or, or Keaton Mitchell. I don't really think that they're necessarily any better than the Bills. Those teams are pretty even in my mind, um, which is to say – I think the Ravens are definitely beatable if the Bills were able to get to the point where they play in Baltimore in a playoff game. That, that doesn't mean they're going to win, but it's not like it'd be – it's not like the Ravens would be prohibitive favorites in that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I mentioned the Niners too. San Francisco is a five-and-a-half-point favorite against Baltimore Monday night. You sounded like you think there's a real gap there. I think most people do now that it's almost unanimous – that San Francisco is the very best team in the NFL. What do you see in terms of how they do it, right? Like, they stand out as the one team in the league whose players are always open. And (laughs) their guys are good. I mean, they're good players, but it's it's a lot scheming with San Francisco, it seems. At least that's what the consensus appears to be. I would agree with that. Um, I think they do a lot of things other people don't do. A lot of it's under center. A lot of it's bootleg and play action. Everybody wants to shotgun everybody else to death. And so it almost becomes the case where what the Niners do, which used to be like the more normal stuff, the more traditional stuff, ends up being unique. They have multiple MVP candidates in the quarterback Brock Purdy, who's likely to win it, and Christian McCaffrey. They have the best fullback in the NFL. They have the best left tackle in the NFL. They have a top three tight end in the NFL. They have a top five receiving core in the NFL with Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk. They have the best linebacking core in the NFL. They probably have the best or one of the best D lines in the NFL. I mean, they're really, really good. They're like the perfect marriage of roster and talent and coaching 
at the same time, at the same place. They've stayed pretty healthy this year for the most part. I think uh, on today's betting podcast, it's called the, the Even Money Betting Podcast that I do with Steve Fezzik, who's a pro better out in Vegas. He said that um, he has the Niners, whatever this means, 10.25 points better than an average team, and the Ravens, seven points better than an average team, meaning in a neutral site, he thinks the Niners would be favored by essentially 3.25 points, right? Mm -hmm. So a little bit more than three, neutral site, the Niners over the second-best team in the league. So they're favored by more than a field goal on a neutral site against any other team in the league. That's a a pretty decent amount. Mm -hmm. And that would make this line make sense to him, probably five and a half uh, at home on, yeah, on yeah, that night. does make sense because it's because it's in San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. What's interesting about it though is like the Eagles losing last night. I, I think kind of gave. I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is with the Lions, but because the Niners beat the Cowboys and the Eagles head to head, you know them. The the, the Eagles losing kind of gave the Niners some breathing room. They're not going to look at it that way for the number one seed. I mean, they're going to go out and do everything they can to win this game because they probably want to be able to rest some guys week 18 if they can. What is going on with your Eagles, Ross? It, fe- it feels like maybe going back to the, their their win in Kansas City, even though they won the game, they, they, they struggled. Um, we already talked about the Bills game uh, that followed that. Um, so, I mean, they played some tough competition here, but, you know, they don't look like themselves. Yeah, you know, I think you could argue playing the 49ers and Cowboys that they were really good teams and that the Eagles kind of ran out of gas at the end of a really tough stretch, beat the Cowboys in a you know thriller, beat the Chiefs on a Monday night in a thriller, beat the Bills in overtime, and the defense is on the field for more than 90 snaps. And so – it kind of felt like they might run out of gas, and that's what happened to the Niners game. And to a lesser extent, the Cowboys, both those teams had 10 days to rest and prepare. They really don't have that excuse for last night. Um, I thought they were a little bit better on defense than they had been, certainly until the 92-yard touchdown drive for Drew Locke. And offensively, they I don't want to say that they've been figured out, but – three games in a row where they've scored under 20 points. They're bogging down the red zone. They're turning the football over. I think defensively, you know, they lost both their linebackers, both their safeties. You know, Slay just had his knee scoped. I think there was an understanding. Avante Maddox, the nickel backs out for the year. I think there was an understanding that they would probably take a little bit of a step back on defense. They lost some D-line depth, Hargrave signed with the Niners, et cetera. But the offense is the same guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. the offense is the same receivers, probably a better running back, same old line, you know, all that stuff. And so it's not a great look for them that they've played the way they have. And really, even if Jalen Hurts just had done a better job or they had done a better job taking care of the football these last two games, those games might have might have turned out different. I mean, they were obviously one play away mm-hmm. in several different instances of winning last night's game, and now it's I mean now it's they're in a really bad spot. I think if they win out, they'll still likely win the NFC East. 
either be the two or the three seed, which is great. But it's hard right now to imagine them going to San Francisco and winning the game and getting back to the Super Bowl. The flip side is, you know, they would have to play five games between now and then. So there's like there's a lot of time for them to kind of figure out new schemes or get kind of get their rhythm back, mm-hmm. get their groove back before that before that rematch if that's what happens. Right, and the, as you uh, implied, they should skate through these three regular season games. I mean, you never know, but two with the Giants uh, and in between home to Arizona. Ross, it has been uh, our pleasure to have you on as it is every week. Merry Christmas to you and your family and to Rachel and to everybody you know. Yeah, likewise. She's she's not happy. I'm not going to be there for Christmas. We're going to see uh, what Santa what Santa brought Monday morning, and then I'm driving a short drive to Philly to do the Giants and the Eagles for Westwood One. So, again, Mike Bulldog, everybody in Western New York, you're driving around driving home from uh, grandma's house or driving your uncles or whatever uh, next Monday from 4.30 to 8 or whatever, check uh, check out the game Eagles-Giants. I'll be in the booth for that one. Love it. Chiefs-Raiders, Eagles-Giants, Ravens-Niners on Christmas. Not bad. Yeah, you know, I love that because then the drive home, even if there's traffic or whatever, being able to listen to the Ravens-Niners, that'll be great for the first half. Thank you, Ross. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Likewise, guys. See ya. All right. There's our man, Ross Tucker, on the Westford Hotline. His appearance is here on WGR, brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. I've got a column up at our website, WGR550.com, just to look at the teams in the wild card mix with the Bills, their schedule. We got into some of that with Ross there in terms of the Bengals, and you can see uh, for yourself. I thought when he, when he said, he started to say, can you imagine the Bills losing one of these two games? I think it was going to go, imagine them winning them and still not making it. And there is that possibility where they win even the Miami game too, but do not get in. So they will need some help from somebody, and some of that is laid out in this article at WGR550.com. The Sabres are home to Columbus tonight. We'll have Paul Hamilton on at 6 to start our pregame coverage. Jack Quinn expected to play. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here at 803-0550. This is WGR. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 